Welcome everyone to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. I've got something for you to absorb. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 516, Inside Voices, is sponsored by The Invincible 3, coming to a UFC near you. Pete, before we dive on to this episode, I have a question for you. Uh, it's a multi-part question. Can I like Twinkies? Yes. I uh, want Twinkies to not have any calories or negative things for me. That's the case now, right? No. Well, Pete, I read a blog thing online with anonymous sources that said Twinkies <laughs> are now actually good for me. That's the truth now, right? Are you saying, like, Ralph Wiggum, you are now a researcher and you can type into the Google machine what you want to be true? Pete, here's all I know is a story made the rounds in the last couple days saying that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was guaranteed a renewal. The renewal was in place and just quietly unannounced uh, or not announced. And long story short, that's not how TV works. Not in the middle of pilot season. Not as much as Marvel loves it and Disney loves Marvel and Disney loves Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we want season six. It was a bogus story and we knocked a couple yes. holes in it, I think. And then they got more secret people to tell them that it was going to happen. And Pete, I have secret people telling me about the Twinkies. So I guess that's how that goes. Yeah. How often, Matt, are there rumors of a renewal? You're either renewed or you're not renewed. What is the benefit in keeping it secret? Now, you want to tell me that shield has been told hey you don't need to write an ironclad season uh, pardon me series finale let's open that open door a little bit more all right that might tell you which way the wind is blowing but it pete the the claims this week that it was secretly renewed as crazy that it's moving back to thursday nights to go on after roseanne that is a nerd wet dream regardless of the politics of roseanne versus the politics of agents of shield this show that we love, The Little Engine That Could, The Little Engine That Should Get a Sixth Season, is not going to go on after the show that has 25 million live viewers. Sorry, it's not happening. Yes, and uh, it'll be renewed or not renewed on its own merit. It has not been renewed yet. Let's watch. Let's hope for the best. You help to control this with your views, with bringing other people to view this show. It has been stuck, Matt, at a 0.5 rating for five weeks in a row. That needs to go in the other direction to show them this audience can grow. Stability is not enough. Well, Pete, you've helped me understand the dangers now of Twinkies. Uh, Let's get into an episode that talks about Captain Crunch, which I'm sure is totally healthy for you. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser mat begins with Coulson telling General Hale that uh, she's bummed the whole team up, that uh, you take away his cot, his chair, but when you take away his Captain Crunch, you really hurt him. With that, we cut to Hale talking to Ruby and Crusher Creel. Hale is offering Crusher the chance to be a hero. And uh, Creel walks to the Gravitonium 
and he's kind of out of earshot when Hail Mother tells Hail Daughter that Creel is actually a bit of a guinea pig here. The box is opened. The Gravitonium grabs back. Pete, we get flashes of pre-Graviton Graviton guy. It's alive. I don't know why I'm so fixated on getting Graviton back because it was not a great episode. In fact, it was the first episode of that first half of the season where it's like, oh, this isn't the Avengers TV show we thought it would be. But Pete, Graviton, we get, we get some flashes of him. We do, and that we have uh, Dr. Hall appear both in the uh, previously on yet again and in flashbacks here as Creel is attempting to absorb the Gravitonium, which of course he can't. Um, but that uh, Hale also explained in her non-Air Force gear here for the for the first time, rather interesting in this episode, that uh, Ian Quinn is in hiding, which of course by the end of the episode has very strong resonance for us. We get the title card, then come back to uh, Yo-Yo using her robo-arms to work out. Everything's all better now. The sweatshirt comes off, not to show Yo-Yo's womanly curves, but to show the awesome arm job combination of makeup. How I think there might have been some effects. It was good stuff. Great were those arms. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just so taken aback by the, the sweet design on the TV budget on a show that has undergone some belt tightening. Um, yeah, that was as good as any Terminator arms you're ever going to see. Well, Pete, they probably are a little expensive because in addition to uh, covering up Dem Benito curves as well, she's going to put on a new top because the arm VFX money is expensive money. So we get the shot, then we put, put a new top back on. Mac wants to make sure that her, her body and mind are well-oiled. Pete, that's foreshadowing later on for when the hydraulic fluid is a major plot point. It is, and we go to Deke and Fitz there, uh, the grandpappy banter, uh, Fitz revealing that uh, he would have rather it been Flint. He liked Flint. Yeah, tear. There's there's disappointment all the way around. Deke doesn't look like Fitz and, and, and all that. Um, bottom line, though, that Deke is not disappointed. That, that gets hammered home. He admires the fact that Fitz made a kill or be killed move. That's how you have to do it in the future. That's how you play the long game. Um, anyway, Deke needs to get a move on because Daisy runs a tight ship. Did you notice? And that's going to be mentioned uh, in the I, next scene. Wait. Is she, is she a hard ass? Because we only say it twice in this episode and then it winds up being a fake out. So it is Chekhov's hard ass, Matt. Wow. Uh, we get a walk and talk with Simmons, Pete. We're, I mean, President Josiah Bartlett can't be far away here. Uh, <laughs> there's no evidence of injury or health problems that the elder Fitzsimmons will have in the future. They're all fine. That Nana and Bobo, you mean? Nana and Bobo. Pete... That had me wondering, Bobo, Bonobo, Monkey, Fitzmonkey, hashtag it's all connected. <laughs> Come on, season six, bring the monkey back, maybe with like a, you know, like a little like oh, voice if box. if the monkey could be a recurring character, oh, that'd be yeah. so great. Uh, Simmons, of course, does not want to know too much because, you know, otherwise Enchantment Under the Sea dance and the hands are disappearing, mm -hmm. etc. cetera. Um, but Deke reminds them they need to, 
You know, Pete, do you know? I do know. Also, Daisy is a hard ass. I noticed that too. Did you notice? Everybody noticed. Cut to Daisy and May walking and talking too, like hard asses. Um, the decisions made that they got to talk to Robin. Uh, with that, Deke arrives and says, I will go to the command center. Pete, Deke seamlessly integrated into this show for the most part occasionally uh, although i really like him i want to say that it's a little some rough edges here and how he's used but he's a great I, character i agree he he is a likable uh the writing for him is is less likable listen the season season six storyline uh agents of youth where deke is going to lead a mission every week it's going to be great pete uh with that simmons arrives since she was right behind deke um it's hammered home Fitz is not going to get sprung says daisy who's in charge and uh do you understand simmons and pete simmons gives the very suspicious answer i understand what you're saying which is a lot different than are you doing what i said you need to I, do? I will comply yes yeah. <laughs> the the very different between the two organizations that are now secretly united against uh one of their wishes um but the dialing back that uh, May wants out of uh, Daisy becomes a subject uh, when obviously Mac is under strict orders here not to let Fitz out. Um, Simmons, Fitz, and Yo-Yo convene there. You know, Matt, the Invincible Three, but a little bit more on that in a bit. Um, and Yo-Yo can knock down doors now. Uh, Simmons gets, uh, wants to get Fitz out, but Yo-Yo warns her about Mac that he'll try to stop us. He will try, says Simmons, as we end the act. After the act break, Creel has something in his, uh, in, in his head, it seems. Uh, Hale is sympathetic and reminds him that we can be post-Hydra pals together oh and get ready for some more testing with that pete will you take us to the shield lake house that we've seen a few times before <laughs> in the past yes with uh, the quinjet right outside there matt daisy is squirreling robin and her mother uh away out of hiding um mom reveals that uh robin hasn't been doing too well the last couple of weeks, she's not speaking. There have been no pictures. Um, and from one child, Matt, in pain to another, um, under strain to KVS, Kid Von Strucker. Kid Von Strucker. He's working on the family business. Uh, Ruby is there, told to go translate Hydra journals. She seems a little uppity there in her high-waisted pants. Uh, Ruby intuits that uh, not all the information is there, which he's very upfront about. I'm a little confused why that was made to be a story point, but whatever. But more importantly, Pete, Ruby also intuits that something's up with mom. Wait, and yeah. with S.H.I.E.L.D. Wait, and with Daisy Johnson. But Kid Von Strucker will get her there to where she needs to be. Yes, mom is not being truthful, but uh, KVS, he will work harder because that's what he does. Uh, back with Daisy and Robin, 
Daisy explaining that her powers uh, got better. The same will happen with Robin. Uh, but right now we need to find their friend, Philip J. Colson. Can you help me? He's lost. We need to find him, please. Um, that plaintive plea, Matt, leads to Mac checking on Yo-Yo's arms. Yes, they're all in good shape. Uh, so things are all great there you know, between each other. Yo-Yo wants more, though. Won't you let Fitz out of his cell? Mac, of course, is not going to do it, not for the future. And uh, she points out, pardon me, he points out that maybe she is alive in the future because he protected her, which that's the moment, Pete, that uh, he gets added to the list of, uh-oh, characters who might potentially die. Um, now that we've tempted fate with the Invincible 3, uh, I'm worried about Mac now as well. We cut from there to Creel again with the flashbacks to Dr. Hall, who tells Mr. Coulson he sees the future there. Creel and Coulson discuss uh, what's going on here. Talbot is a prisoner, too. Uh, and Coulson tells Carl he has a choice. Uh, with that, he makes his choice. He kills the mech guard out in the hallway, and he uh, says he will lead Coulson out of there. But if his story doesn't check out, Matt, he will do the same to Coulson. Some really great lines in this scene. One is how Coulson uh, says that he will not be joining the evil League of Evil. And then also this question from uh, Creel to Coulson, why does the Gravitonium hate you? Uh, Pete, we're headed towards more Gravitonium next week. I'm so excited. Um, and, uh, of course, the scene wraps up, ending the act. We return on Zephyr 1. Daisy can't get info from Robin. Arr, frustration. So this was around the time where I think we were, or you in particular, were bemoaning the fact, why don't we have uh, Ming-Na Wen mm -hmm. here? Why don't we have May speaking to, uh, to, to Robin? Uh, patience, Pete, patience. Yeah, and it's not as if um, they haven't established that connection. I like the way that Robin comes to her, though, rather than Daisy going to May. I, I can't do it. I need your help. You know, th this was better to have the child wander. Uh, Daisy and uh, mom are talking about you know, thinking it wouldn't be till she was a teenager that, uh, you know, she'd be tuned out. The last drawing there, Matt, has something that looks suspiciously like uh, Coulson and um, no, no, no. That was the last drawing was uh, was May with um, the, the girl from Bahrain. Bottom line, it's it's. The only quibble I have for this particular scene is the fact that Robin is allowed to wander. That said, she's wandering for story reasons, and it ties yes. backly to that Mama May stuff, so it really is a nice... It's you know, it's a little hand of the writer, but it certainly is all good. With that, we go back to Coulson and Creel. By the way, Pete, that's my suggestion for their the, the name of their spin-off show, Coulson and Creel. He's... He's a former cop with a black mark next to his name. He's a former criminal who can turn into a black mark. Together, <laughs> Colston Creel. I like uh, Creelson. Creel, uh, there you go. Well, Pete, that's for uh, that's for some of your fanfic there. Which, by the way, Pete, 
you and or I son don't of, really son of son of crawl. <laughs> we don't really uh, dabble down the uh, down the fanfic lane here, but this is the first scene where I noticed, and maybe it was going on earlier, that um, Crusher Creel walks around with a perpetual sheen of baby oil on him. I thank you. I I did notice uh, in a, in an episode where uh, well oiled machine is uttered <laughs> that that he would wind up being slightly more oiled up than uh yo-yo but we digress this labyrinth matt they transgress um they can't seem to find a way out but they hear talbot um they uh manage to spring him from the room there they sneak up on a man that's not right carl is that you um carl (laughs) carl uh, he's okay to travel. Uh, Talbot is, um, and Talbot identifies Coulson as an ally. So everybody's okay with everybody else. And then it is time in the episode for Coulson to speak the episode's title by telling Talbot he needs to use his inside voice, but wait, this is his inside voice. With that, we cut to the lighthouse where Mac is brought by Yo-Yo to Simmons. They're going to test something. If it's true, uh, then uh, then the Fitz issue will be resolved here. Um, Simmons is going to try and die. Three beakers with water, one with hydraulics that could kill her. She she drinks three. I kind of felt like they they really got every last drop out of this scene. The music from the first mm-hmm. moment. Says it's totally high stakes. The first one, oh, it's okay. The second one, oh, it's okay. The third one, it's okay. Oh, wait. No, no, Gemma, to end the act. And scene. And you had to imagine that this was part of the gambit. So as we begin act four, uh, and I had openly wondered, okay, is, is this a fake out? And of course it is. Um, it, it is the writerly and the suspenseful thing to do. One wonders if there was ever any hydraulic fluid at all. This is not part of the invincible storyline. This is part of springing fits. Um, Yo-Yo, of course, uses her powers to get him out. Uh, Mac wants Elena to open the door there. Um, Simmons again uh, you know, pulling herself up, revealing that she is fine and asserting that they are invincible fits adding and crazy. Apparently. Yeah, it was all a lie. Whew. Except it wasn't a lie. The hydraulics were in the fourth jar. So that now reinforces the notion that they're invincible. And again, you have this ongoing storyline in the background of can time be changed? How can time be changed? The episode once again committing to the notion that time can't be changed, which is problematic given I don't think the destruction of Earth is going to... Leave it this way, Pete. Please don't let season six be more agents in space on the lighthouse. Like, I've I've had my fill. We've had future lighthouse and current lighthouse, and I'm going to be fill up with my lighthouses when the season is done with. Um, I will take more agents of shield any way they're willing to give it to us. But if we're can continue at the lighthouse, maybe a little bit more light in the house. There you go. We uh, can't leave this scene without mentioning that uh, everything's great with Elena, except whoops, she shoots a gun narrowly missing Fitzsimmons. So I think if nothing else, that's an opportunity to, 
not let we the audience feel too solid about Fitz and Simmons and Yo-Yo are forever invincible. Back to Zephyr 1 we go, why did Robin stop drawing? She kind of shrugs. May promises to fix her future. Robin once again says she needs Phil of Jake Olson to put them all together. Oh, and Colson is going to die. At which point, Pete, I'd like to point out that um, just like our uh, friendly unfriends who claim to have advanced knowledge of the future, like the magic secret renewal of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. for season six that already has occurred, um, here's the best prediction ever. Pete, name a person in this world. Um, Guess what? They're going to die. <laughs> yes. Because everyone's going to die. So I know that yes. this is meant to remind us that there's a ticking clock for Colson, but... Hey, good job, Robin. Colson's like 50, and you're saying that in the next 90 years, Colson's going to die. Yes. The, the scene wasn't so much about certainty for me. It was more about what it means. And May coming back to Colson being lost and her being lost without him. Daisy to Robin adds, uh, and then the certainty that he's going to die. Um, but we can save him, Matt. So again, future carved in stone as opposed to future, you know, written in sand that can be brushed away. Uh, the scene ends rather, um, tipping to the future, the immediate future as May sifts through those pictures Elsewhere on Zephyr 1, Deke is surprised that his, uh, you know, life depends on these crazy pictures again. And we get the obligatory, although amusing, mo Deke yuck yuck moment. He's got a screwy brain. Thank you, uh, uh, Daisy, for talking about screwy brains and time stuff. No, Daisy meant Robin. So, wah, wah, and we get a little chuckle. I had a hard time chuckling at the misfortune of this girl and, and everything that's gone on there. I think that was a, a little insensitive, but in the drawing there, Matt, that, uh, may has Colson is seen, um, with a man with a beard. They're going to start searching for the landmarks to match. Yes. Mountains and trees and such. No problem. Uh, back we go to Hale's secret base. Uh, Creel is trying to get them out. He's hearing the graviton voices in his head. Elsewhere in the base, Ruby brings Kid Von Strucker some food. I, Pete, it, you know, is there a sizzle in the air? I don't know. There's alarms in the air. Hale arrives. Ruby, it's attacking time. Pete, here we are. It's like the middle of the episode, and we have cross-cutting. We have quick scenes, exposition, action, action, action. Back to the lighthouse. The Invincible Three are taking off in an autopiloted jet. They're going to check out three different spots, probably one of which is going to save Coulson and Talbot next week. We're on the move. Yes. Uh, Ruby had been dictated to by her mother, though, that they come back alive. Colson, Matt takes a punch to the chest. He's down. Talbot uh, effectively narrating here. We've got a fallen hero. Took a shot to his ticker. No pulse. My God, soldier, you need to do something. Again, the flashbacks there. 
and what does Creel do? He uh, merges with the eye socket of one of the mech soldiers and uses that to direct electricity into Coulson, um, who is fine and back as we end the act. Pete, before we completely end the act, I just have a question. I'm no lady. I'm no assassin. I'm no clothier of lady assassins. Um, Ruby's outfit with the mesh all the way down to the waistline. Um, helping fighting? Slightly salacious. I was a bit surprised, but uh, you know what, Pete? I respect her ability to dress how she wants going out on the mission. Yep. After the act break, we're back on Zephyr 1. May is glad that Robin has helped out so much this week. Thanks so much. Um, but why, why is Robin connected with May? Mom has it figured out. She doesn't appear in the pictures, so she doesn't have much of a future. She's glad May does. Whew, that lifts maternal guilt. I didn't know I was feeling for Robin. Robin tells her mother to come sit next to her, gives her her hand there. I almost wondered for a minute matt were they going to take fire and the thing was going to go crashing down and mom wasn't going to survive i'm kind of glad they didn't go in that direction creel meanwhile matt opens the big scary door uh which ultimately leads him into a fight uh with ruby while colson and talbot toy with the device uh, indeed, Pete. Maybe the next jump will be the jump home. They jump in time not to die, just as the mech guys uh, shoot their recently escaped areas. Uh, Creel and Ruby then fight. Uh, I must confess, he stays flesh and bone, and, and we've seen Creel so many times, I should have known better. Of course, he does not have the ability to will any surface. That said, would it have killed the guy to just like reach down and touch the concrete floor and be like, now I'm concrete. You can't hurt me with the blade that you throw really fast. Like it's not adamantium. It's not vibranium. It's not the third one. The captain America shield is made out of that I'm blanking on. Um, it's just a knife. So like, I don't know. He stayed flesh and bone for far too long. Um, was he hurt by it? I mean, he caught it to the chest, but, that he, seemed to be the last area to solidify. He caught it in his wood. So I read it as that's okay because he's turned to wood and that's going to not, you know. Pete, when have you ever seen wood broken up with some sort of handheld blade? Okay. But I, I read it as he's okay because the wood somehow is soft enough to hold it. I think it's a weak moment where it could have been like, then he reaches for ruby's diamond necklace and turns to diamond and the thing shatters but i read him as totally a-okay uh hale uh tells ruby to stop uh with creel having absorbed the wood and the glaive hale wants to know just who the hell ruby thinks she is she's the destroyer of worlds mom hey. but then go get them. Uh, Hale tells her daughter here. We uh, travel instantaneously, Matt, to a winter landscape, perhaps familiar. Um, that little Earth, corner of set, by the way, looked very familiar. 
Oh, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Uh, on Earth, they can breathe mountains in the background as we go to the tag scene. Quite a tag scene four years ago. It's Quinn. It's Flowers. Oh, my goodness, Pete. All due respect to whoever it is who plays Ian Quinn, whose name I'll have up in a moment. It's Oscar nominee Ruth Nega, who they mm -hmm. got back for this. I mean, she very well could have been like, guys, thanks so much for the memories, the dreams, the hopes. Me, a person of color. You, a show putting that on display. Peace out. I'm going to go. I got no time for you guys anymore. No, no. She got time to do this scene. That's ultimate respect. Uh, also, big thumbs up to David Conrad, who plays Quinn. And sorry that you weren't uh, uh, Oscar nominated and uh, in a really important movie about race and whatnot. But I'm sure, David Conrad, you're a nice guy, too. Yes, and having gotten through to Garrett, as Raina did, uh, Quinn says he will be loyal now. Um, he just wanted the Gravitonium. Uh, but it turns out, Matt, turn about, turnaround is fair play, and the Gravitonium wanted him. It absorbs him and goes back into the box. And uh, I credit Ruth Negga here, Matt, uh, not just the, the tremendous fortune she's gone on to uh, with her Oscar nomination um, last year, but also on the uh, the preacher series from AMC, with being a, a a reason why she could come back and and hit this guest nod. Obviously, another comic property. Pete, a surprising ending here. High energy, great to see familiar faces, and plenty of us to uh, for us to talk about in upcoming segments. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Matt. Let's begin with Hale 2.0. Yes, Hale out of uniform. I guess now in, I don't know, the Hale Army uniform here. A little extra vim and vigor in her uh, treatment of her very few number of human underlings. A um, little extra fire here as she's closer to her duplicitous goal. The hair is down. So are her defenses, Matt. She lets Ruby go and embrace this destroyer of worlds moniker at the end of the episode and chase them down. I mean, she will remain her daughter, of course, and I'm sure she, she's still got the strings on her, but a dramatically different hail than when we've seen the rest of this season. Well, Pete, hair might be down for hail. But for young Hale, for Ruby, she is, uh, she's is she got her fight up. She's ready to go. She's ready to supersede mom's orders here, ready to uh, see all three people dead, Colson, Talbot, and, uh, and Crusher. Although uh, worth pointing out that she gets none of those. Subverting her mother's orders and her trust as she is. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means in the next segment. Obviously, the rapport she's built with uh, Kid Von Strucker um, and her mother's need for her to help her achieve those ends puts them both in a unique place. There's there's something that I'm not crazy about with um, either either uh, the character of Ruby or the actress in Dove Cameron. And 
I, I certainly don't mean to linger on that point because I don't have some sort of massive casting problem or whatever, but there's just something that doesn't quite mesh for me. That said, I'm interested to see where this goes now that we're seeing the mother and daughter bond um, repaired a bit and they're both on the same page to be destroyer of worlds and whatnot. I think there's some, there's some great potential ahead for Ruby. Absolutely. And when we talk about Creel, Matt, um, I didn't think this guest shot would last as as long as it has. And I'm kind of digging the way that they're building him up. Um, obviously, he winds up on this list because of the way he comes at Coulson from the way that he isn't initially looking to help Talbot out. Uh, but what he means ultimately in this story is something I think we can certainly ponder. Yeah, I really dig actor Brian Patrick Wade. And I think, you know, part of the reason he hasn't had a ton of acting jobs is probably because he's not there doing, you know, alas, poor York. I knew you well, it's more, you know, look at my muscles and things like that. You know, a lot of, he played bouncer on hello ladies and, you know, and things of that sort. Fireman number one in best friends forever, but he's bringing a pathos to this guy that, that is believable. Um, we've, we've seen in the past how Carl Creel just wants to be left alone. Um, which helps if maybe you're not, you know, if you didn't do, you know, Shakespeare in the park when you were a younger actor, uh, but I, I don't know. I like to run this redemptive road here. And I'll admit, Pete, as spoiler free as I want to be, I did just check out his IMDb just in case he had a credit, maybe for an upcoming, you know, Daredevil or whatever. It, thus far, not there. But fingers crossed on more redemption here for Carl Crusher Creel. Kid Von Strucker back yet again here, consumed oh. by his work and apparently by Ruby as well. Yeah, some uh, heart-going pitter-patter there, and uh, I don't know, he, he too is an enjoyable presence, and I like that it's like, he doesn't have a place to go, like he's not Hydra, he's not his, his old man's son, but here he is, you know, walking the same path and whatnot, and it's a fun road to be on, not one that I would have asked for based on the prior history with the character. Our tag throws us a pair of characters not seen in some time. Quinn to be expected, given that they talked about his hiding. And again, this in flashback. So now we know where he's been hiding, apparently with Hall in the Gravitonium mix. But with Reina, Matt, again, we talk about the clout now in showbiz that Ruth Nega has and for her to essentially slum it. I mean, hey, everybody on this cast that has an Oscar nomination, take a step forward. Not so fast. Everybody not named Ruth Nega. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fantastic to see her back. Um, my hope is that we will see more of her. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if she has that flexibility. I, you know, I know the, the off-sighted thing I give, you know, that when you're on a network show, you get your one guest star role. I don't know if that's different just by virtue of her cable contract for AMC. I don't know if it's different once she walks in and goes, uh, I have an Oscar nomination. I know AMC, you only let me do one guest star thing. Uh, I want to go hang out with my friends since we got, you know, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since we got downtime on The Preacher. So 
do this because I'm an Oscar nominee. Regardless, Pete, it is great to see Reyna's return. With Quinn as well, Matt, uh, some time since we had seen him, there was the whole intrigue, the, the kind of tense uh, attraction he had with uh, then Sky. Remember that name, uh, you know, Daisy, Quake, etc. cetera. Um, and it's going to be interesting when and if they share the screen again. Yeah, fingers crossed for for the return, and fingers crossed for uh, that this this team of baddies versus the team of goodies. Pete, just like we have our own team of goodies helping us out. Yes, Patreon on Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Fantastic Geek. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. And then there are all sorts of levels that you can pick from there. You can get in on the ground floor like a soldier and be at the Creel level, or you can be all the way at the exclusive Gravitonium penthouse of Ian Quinn. It's up to you. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize, Matt, the Invincible 3, right? Oh my goodness, Pete. The minute that that moniker was thrown out, I mean, we now have a 24-style clock. Beep boop, beep boop. Who is going to die? I think you can lump Mac in with that. It's the Invincible 3 plus 1. I think that there's... There are reasons outside the story why you don't kill off Elena, why you don't kill off Mac, why you don't kill off Fitzsimmons. Uh, Fitzsimmons being beloved and day one characters and the other two since having uh, become beloved also, you know, bringing much needed representation and whatnot. But all of that is secondary to the story and the story has me worried that uh, we're going to have some rough road between here and May 18th, the season finale. Are they actually invincible, Matt? Are they the invincible three or or are Colson, Creel and Talbot the invincible three? I think that they are overselling the idea of invincibility. I mean, look, have Fitz and Simmons conceived their child? Uh, ostensibly, no. Uh, I, I guess the pea soup vomit you know may or may not have been a pregnancy thing clearly a baby has not come from belly by way of stork and there's not a, a, a wee one running around that's not how it happens uh, well i mean because right because no windows in the lighthouse for the stork to send it through i know that it, it's got to get in through the air ducts or whatever um i mean that said could there be story things like oh no simmons has been fatally shot but we've been able to science techity techity science save the baby Okay, maybe, you know, like some sort of whatever, whatever, whatever sci-fi route they might want to go. So I'm worried that the I'm worried for them as characters or them as people, I guess. I'm worried that there's going to be some sort of, aha, you didn't know that invincibility, you know, didn't mean that you couldn't die earlier. Or same thing, you know, yo-yo, tragically shot. Wait, if we put her into deep REM sleep and pack her in ice, maybe in the future someone can defrost her all right she's not dead she's also not living what is going to happen to robin's mother the the death seems almost too obvious is there some other story solution 
I don't know how much story time they're going to place on that. I mean, maybe some of it in this episode was just kind of like, well, we need info sharing from Robin, and while we're at it, we'll give the mom dialogue and stuff, and this will be a, a softer story than, you know, Carl Creel and his flexing muscles. I mean, let's just follow this to a logical conclusion when you're proposing. Mom dies. Okay. That means that Robin now joins the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as May's kid. You know, I, I don't see how that would all fit. Could it? Sure. Um, I just think, I think Robin and Mom are on story timeout. Maybe we get a Mom death in the season finale. Maybe that's planned for something in the future. But uh, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's next week, which, judging by my ability to tell the future on the Jessica Jones podcast, where I would be sure about things, I now need to just completely go the opposite way. So, uh, spoiler alert, Mom dies next week. <laughs> the location that Talbot and Colson get whisked to at episodes and Matt looked suspiciously like Providence base. Um, Ooh, that certainly could be the case. My guess was going to be that it was uh, outside the snowy mountains near the mines of Moria, but your guess probably is better. That would then give us an opportunity to return to maybe not a standing set, but an existing set that's probably in storage, uh, which I think comes you know, I don't think it's out of bounds at this point in the season of a season that's been about counting the beans a bit better to kind of prognosticate what's you know, what are story options available to us with sets that we already have and we just need to unpack and reassemble. Let's check the wire, Matt. Pete, with all these claims on other websites of insider access, uh, let me share a communique with uh, with you. Well, I know you know about it, but communicate with our audience. You had said on Twitter, StoryPoint wouldn't maybe better be the better Robin Whisperer. I replied, Agents of Shield needs more at Mingna. Uh, Pete, we got a response from Mingna Wen. Thanks for the love. Let's hope for a season six. Three exclamation points, heart emoji, thumbs up emoji. Pete, we can definitely say that we got a, a response from a genuine insider. Yes, uh, always great to hear from Ming. Even better to be able to see her in a greater capacity on our comic book TV show. We also ran the obligatory poll after tonight's episode. How'd you like tonight's uh, podcast? The choices. Four stars renew today, three stars, three lucky beakers, two stars, two robot thumbs, one star, one Robin picture, tear. Pete, this got a this is probably the most votes one of our polls has gotten. Um, ninety votes at this moment and counting. Uh interestingly, no responses. I'm not quite sure. Well, the only response mm. was me with a picture of Crusher Creel. Anyhow, I don't know if that was a factor. Note to self, don't do that anymore. Anyhow. 3% gave it one star, 1% gave it two stars, 3% gave it three stars. Pete, this is by far the best voted episode in uh, the relatively short amount of time that we've been doing these polls with 93% giving it wow. four stars renewed today. I don't know if we could call this the best. I know we can't call this the best episode of the season. That was very clearly last week, the Hydra High 
story there, but uh, a, a solid one, as I mentioned to you off mic before we started here, moved really quickly, uh, didn't feel like an hour. And I, I think that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at its best. Absolutely. This was this was a solid team effort. And that's uh, I don't want to say good enough. I mean, that's what S.H.I.E.L.D. can be in the in the, the weeks where it's not board is hydra it's not how many uh you know how many uh canig twins can we balance on a teacup or whatever it's just that's what this show was about the agents the team and it was a really really uh really really solid outing what communiques do you have pete to facebook.com slash fantastic geek we go matt or jamie payton our pal has written in rise and shine reinvigorated my interest in general hail ruby and that entire plot next to john garrett i think hail might be my new favorite guest villain her backstory has me jazzed about what's to come especially in regards to the inevitable daisy and ruby showdown but not just for the fight but also for the parallel journey Daisy and Coulson and Ruby and General Hale are on in regarding their respective organizations, legacies, and next generations. Both Daisy and Ruby are expected to pick up the mantle, but there's a lot of pressure riding on both characters to not only keep the world from ending, but also to keep Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. from going extinct. How they approach and handle those challenges should be interesting to watch interesting stuff indeed and i like that she uses the phrase reinvigorated there were times in the first half of the season where it was like you know it's a bit muddy and here we did not have that here as i said before we kind of had the team acting as a team and uh and, and you know a ton of fun ton of fun side note jamie adds given their track record as dog owners do you think hydra members are cat people Oh, I think it's unquestionable that not only are Hydra owners cat people, that cat people are predisposed to be Hydra people. Um, we're not. No, we're not. That's why that's that's why we're doing the Agents of Shield podcast, and and only briefly did the Agents of Hydra podcast, and that was ah, oh, that was a bit, but boy, was it a good bit. Pete, we got one more bit though, and this is a real bit, not not in the uh, not in the the weird construct of the, the, the electronic mind. Yes. Uh, those interested in winning a little prize here for their efforts, Matt, uh, we're raffling off a uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi digital download code, which we will announce the winner of on next Friday, April 13th, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, podcast by Fantastic Geek. Any new review left to any of the 13 iTunes feeds that Fantastic Geek has is going to get you an entry. You can enter up to 13 times. Many of you have availed yourself of several entries. So get those odds certainly in your favor for a prize that carries a monetary value of $19.99. Make sure, too, that you share your iTunes name uh, with us. Uh, so that we can match up the winner and, uh, well, the ability to tell them that they have won. Pete, how can people do that with you on Twitter? 
You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,873 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you like. Visit fantasticgeek.com, email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the PH, all one word, as mentioned before, it's the place to be. With that, Pete. If you're listening to us in the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be wrapping up Jessica Jones Season 2, a Season 2 retrospective uh, this Sunday. Uh, then, then, Pete, we're entering the world of one podcast a week, I guess. Oh, no, what will we do? Uh, if you're listening to us on the S.H.I.E.L.D. feed, we, of course, will be back next Friday to talk more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you, Pete, the final word. You know... You die more than anyone I've ever met.